Welcome to Eddie's Launchpad, the podcast for parents, teachers and children that's broadcast every week by Dogsthorpe Infant School. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. listening to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast. Yes, welcome back to Festive Launchpads. It's our Christmas daily editions. Thank you very much for joining us, all you teachers, parents, children, families out there, wherever you're listening in the world, welcome to Eddie's Launchpads. Now we've got another guest for you today and uh, she's a past guest. She was on about a year or so back now and so we welcome back Amanda Sederhelm. Hello Dave, it's great to be back. Thank you for inviting me. We are in a very serious situation. We're just approaching Christmas now and we're all looking forward to a nice, long, relaxing holiday. I know all the teachers and all the TAs at Dogsthorpe Infant School, I know you're you're desperate for a rest and uh, we're going to get one in a little while. Um, But as we approach the Christmas period, we're approaching a very serious time or we're in a very serious time. All of our families are finding things tight wherever you are, unless you've got millions in the bank. It's uh, which very few of us have. It's a very serious time. And I know that for the families of Dogsthorpe, it's a very challenging time for you. And as I'm sure it is for many people who are listening to this broadcast, wherever you live. So, Amanda, um, all of this is affecting our children, isn't it? It is. When we look at the pandemic that we've we've been through um, and the cost of living crisis that we're now in, I think that the theme that connects the two is is safety and security and feeling safe and secure. And I think with the pandemic, we all felt that to some extent, our lives were on the line. You know, we couldn't go outside without feeling there was a sense of threat and danger. But the danger was outside in the environment outside the home. We were safe at home. I think what's happened now with the cost of living crisis is that that danger has infiltrated into our home space with worries about can we keep the heating on? Do we have enough food on the table? Do families have enough food on the table? So I think this issue of safety has almost been, you know, it's put up in neon signs now for everybody. Everyone's feeling that sense of threat again. And when we feel threatened, we go into um, a sort of fight or flight or a, a free, a frozen state. And that's when um, it's a bit like, it's, it is a trauma position to be in. So I think, I think you're right. It is a, it's starting to feel dangerous again, as it did during the pandemic. 
that threat is is really inside our homes this time, whereas before it was outside. So I think it's 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 almost that the temperature has really gone up again. We've noticed at school that um, we've got parents that are now in conversation with us because there's all sorts of issues going on. There are some parents out there who are finding it struggling, difficult. They want to give their children what their children want for Christmas. Of course they do. Every parent wants that. But if you've not got the money to put into the meter, if you're on a prepayment meter, if, you, if you've not got enough for the heat or you've not got enough for the rent man or the rent woman, um, it's a very difficult time for our families. And, and that's a very um, and that has a knock on effect for our children. How are you finding that in your work? Well, I'm seeing a lot of insecurity, a lot of fear. Um, I think when. You know, when the world outside is a threatening place, we want to retreat into our safety, into our sanctity um, of of our home and feel that we can recharge and refresh and and go back to our places of work, um, feeling that we've got that capacity, that emotional bandwidth to support the people that we support. You know, in your case, it's all the staff at the school who need to feel that they are um, getting enough sleep, enough rest, enough. So they've got that energy to give to the children and to the, you know, the, the teams uh, within the school. So I'm seeing a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, uh, which was there before, to be fair. That was ramped up during the pandemic. But I think now it's it's gone to a different a different level. Having said that, I am seeing a lot of creative ways that that staff are coping with this crisis, you know, and I think as always, um, schools are amazing at being that support for children who haven't, um, who haven't for whatever reason, got that support at home, they're finding it at school. So school is still a safe place and the best place for children to be during the day so that they, they can get that um, feeling of being in that community. Um, so I, I think I'm seeing a lot of stretched um, individuals, but also resilience. You know, the resilience is still there. I think we just need to be aware of that and how stretched people are feeling. Anyone who's listening to this, if you're a teacher or a TA, thank you for all you do because you are doing amazing Absolutely. work. Absolutely amazing work. And uh, we appreciate it. We truly, truly appreciate it. And I don't think that gets said hardly enough times by our, our members of, in government because you, you do amazing work, teachers. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever you do, thank you. Some people think that just putting some, a, a tin of biscuits in, in the staff mm. room is well-being, but of course it's not, is it? I think well-being is actually quite simple, really. It gets it gets talked about. It's talked about a lot, but I, I think it, it's actually a very simple concept. And that is, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to fill the cup in order to be able to have enough um, over or enough to give and if that isn't replenished on a regular basis then it's obvious that you're going to get burnt out so I think while biscuits are always um, a lovely treat to have they're not going to sustain anyone through any kind of crisis so I think there need to be there need to be some building blocks that that are there um, to support staff their, their own well-being and that's making sure that you have 
safe spaces within the school for teachers to have regular supervision. I know this is a contentious issue, not everybody has it, but it does make a difference. Where teachers, TAs, all support staff have got a safe space like they provide for children who need that time to decompress. If, if teachers, staff have got a safe space where they can talk to someone confidentially and offload, what I notice and what I see is that you, you noticeably see someone's emotional temperature reduce. They suddenly go from flying at 55,000 feet to coming down to ground. And we want people to feel safe and embodied in their bodies. And the only way they can do that is if they are able to let out the steam, if you like, from that pressure cooker that's inside. I, I use the, the, the analogy of, a, of a, an invisible backpack. You know, everybody has an invisible backpack that, that we carry around. And it's full of all our worries and our anxieties and the pressures and stress. And when those build up, um, it becomes so heavy that's when we burn out so it makes sense it's just simple sense to say how are you feeling simply asking somebody how they feel can be all it needs to help that person let some of that pressure out let some of that steam out and there are, you know i use a, a range of tools for this in my toolkit um where i i support i provide regular support um, for professionals in a in a community where they can do just this, they can let off steam, and and then you feel actually right. I'm ready to go back to work now. I'm, I've got a bit more to give. That's the essence of well-being. It, the biscuits and the tea and the community and the chat are all very nice, but actually, what we need is to be offering so, uh, emotional support so that people don't feel they're carrying this on their own. I think the worst thing about the pandemic and, and this cost of living crisis is feeling people feel lonely. They feel isolated. They feel, is it only me who's going through this? You know, whereas if you get a group of people together, you can have a brainstorm about, OK, let's share our resources. Let's share our ideas. Suddenly, in the space of 20 minutes, you've got any number of solutions. And that per those people leave feeling wow, I can do this, resilience goes up. It's all about creating that sense of let's share our ideas. I'm very busy training professionals who support children's mental health to use a playful and creative therapeutic toolkit um, to help them process a lot of the trauma that has been brought on by by these these recent crises can we talk about the book the book is it's um a practical guide to overcoming adversity and building resilience in every setting so it's aimed at um educators and professional therapists anyone who's supporting a child's mental health uh, at primary at prim primarily at primary school level and it's it's looking at um the hero's journey that we that we, that basically everybody takes at some point in their life when they face a crisis and we have a choice when we face a crisis we can either uh, a bit like the firefighter really we can either um gear up for that and put on the the the, the clothing that we need in order to take that journey 
to, to cope with that crisis or we can back away. And my point is that actually what we need to do is support children to take that journey. So the book has six easy steps that you can, you can take. And I provide um, examples of activities that you can do at school to support a child wherever they are in that particular journey. But the most important thing I think, Dave, that they children need is they need a mentor. They need a friend, a supporter who is, is going to be alongside them for that, for that journey. Um, and that can be someone they see in the playground every day. It can be, um, it can be a TA, it can be a therapist who they, they see or a counselor at the school, but it's somebody who knows the story that that child is living through and helps them through each step that they need to take so that they understand what resources they need and what resources they and they need to take forward. And I think it's a bit similar with, um, with adults as well. We all need to, to be um, filling our backpack with the things that are going to keep us going, you know? And I think at a time like this when the world everything feels quite insecure my advice is to keep things simple and keep things small so for christmas um i would say the most important thing is to be together it doesn't you know if, if there isn't anything if there aren't any presents um the biggest thing that you have is that you are together and how can you make that a sense of um perhaps joy might be a bit of a stretch, but a, a feeling of, well, we are in that we are together and that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot on social media about, and it's, it's, it's rampant. It's all over the place. You can't get away from it. People spending money, buying things, you know, advertisers being um, busy telling us that what we're, everything is missing. You know, we need something, we need a new gadgets. We need a new holiday. We need things to buy to keep us um, supported, to keep us going. And actually, I think what we sometimes need is we just need a cup of tea, sit down, have a chat, um, get get a blanket, get a game, sit on the floor, you know, huddle together. And that's that's where we're at. I think it's it's all about keeping that inner circle quite small and we go from there, we build from there. For our families out there who are listening, there you go, you see. Um, maybe it's about just being together and just sharing time together and it's not about holidays or new cars or whatever and the things you can't afford. Maybe it's about the things that you've got around you and one of the things that we have got around us are people who love us. The one resource that we all have that is free is we have our stories and we carry those with us. So I think sitting together as a family and sharing stories what's happened in your day maybe something really great that you've forgotten about that that is being overshadowed by your worry but is good talk about that and spend spend the time um just sharing stories i mean i can remember um you know years ago that um my dad telling me about you know, when he was young, um, they'd have Christmas stocking and it would go on the end of the bed. And he was one of three children. So each child had a stocking that was 
hooked onto the end of the bed. And he said he can remember, this is during the war, you know, there was there was very little to go around. But every Christmas day, he would look forward to unpacking his stocking, knowing that there was going to be an orange in there, there was going to be um, a game of some sort, um, and I think, I think something else to eat, you know. But he said they were so happy to have this this little unpacking, there were three things in there. If you haven't got a stocking, you may have a sock, use a sock, put something in there. It could be a wish, it, write it down, piece of paper, put your wishes on a list, stick it in your stocking. Talk about those things, what do you want? Keep the inner light alive. Your hopes, your dreams, never ever stop thinking, talking, sharing about those. Because although the, the light outside, and around us might feel dim and dark and miserable and scary. We've always got our own inner light that we need to nurture and take care of for ourselves and within with each other. So I'm a big fan of um, going back to basics and I think writing, writing things down. The other thing you can do, which is um, something I, I did at, at Great Ormond Street is you, you create a little wishing tree for yourself. So you can do this on your kitchen wall, um, stick it on paper, draw a tree and with branches on. You see them in churches, churches do this quite a lot. And each person writes down what they hope for, what they wish for, how they feel. And you put that, you tie that on your tree and you can do it like an advent um, experience. You know, every day you put something else on the tree. And then at the end of the year, you take everything, all the leaves off the tree, all the messages, and sit together as a family and read them out. Mm. And that way you find out what people have really been thinking about. What do they want mm. going forwards? Mm. Um, you don't need any fancy food to do that. You, you just need some labels, maybe a piece of paper. If you don't have string, you can put it in a little, in a, you know, a Tupperware container if you don't have anything to, to string it on, on the on the tree or blue tack, stick it on the on the paper. And children can draw it as well. They love drawing little pictures to go on the tree. So encourage that. The more of that you have, the more creativity that you allow in to this little circle that you have at home, mm. the warmer you will start to feel. And it does work. And I think when that light of creativity is lit, um, it, it has a physical effect. Our hearts start to, you know, feel, I think, warmer. We start to relax more. Um, it doesn't take away the outside worry. That's still there. But we are protecting ourselves inside and saying, you know what? We're going to leave that at the door, at the front door. But inside our home, um, we're going to light a candle. And that's something else that does work, is actually every day light a candle um and keep it keep it somewhere where you can see it that it's very powerful to look at that burning light and to concentrate on it knowing that inside your home you've got light mm, mm, very very wise words there um in regard to your book uh yes. there'll be schools listening to this in whose hands is this book best placed? Is it in the Senko's hands, the head teacher's hands, a class teacher? Who who do you think it's best suited for? I think it's best suited for the Senko. I think the Senko reading it um, and then sharing it with um, 
the tea, the teachers, TAs, pastoral team. Um, but I think the Senko is probably the best place to start. And if you want any further ideas or support, you can email me. Uh, that's hello at helpingchildrensmileagain.com. And I can, um, you can join my newsletter, which is on my website, helpingchildrensmileagain.com. And I do write a weekly newsletter where I offer tips and advice about how to support children. So that's always a good place to be. And where can people buy your book? So if you go onto routledge.com um, and type in my name, you'll get both books. And I believe there is a 20% discount, Black Friday discount still on the on the website. If not, you can use a code ESA22 and that will give you a discount of 20% to buy the book. Well, there we are, listeners. Thank you very much for your generosity, Amanda. You're, you're brilliant as always. Thanks for, for being a part of the Launchpads. Um, perhaps in a, in a few months' time, we'll give you another call because the, the, the issues will, will not die away after Christmas. This isn't a New Year's, oh, everything, no. we can turn over a new leaf. The issues are still going to be around, and they're going to be around for quite so many months. So we, we need people like you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your time on Launchpad today. And uh, don't be a stranger to us because you are a wonderful friend to us. Oh, thank you. And can I just thank you as well for what the work that you're doing and all the, all the support that you're offering the children and staff at Dogsthorpe. It's, it's brilliant. So we need more of you. The Dogstorp Infant School Wellbeing Dog wishes you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.